It was my ex-girlfriend's birthday present to me. I did break down crying in the uh, uh, in the Uber on the way there. Because she broke up with you? But yeah, first that's my first game. <laughs> Could we talk about anything else besides my I IRL basketball skill right, set? So, how, so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break up? Bro! <laughs> <laughs> was it because you were bad at basketball? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yes, it was! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys came in here with the haymakers today what's going on guys mike here and today we're going to talk about lonzo ball who is we just start off with it's laced up what why don't oh. we just start off with oh sorry sorry i thought I, I, I wrong i thought i was you for a second my bad i was about to like discuss lonzo ball being the next coming of steph curry 50 inch oh vertical <laughs> what's, go uh, what's going on guys vertical. your boy flight mike here and i'm here with gally coop my Corzimba. Honestly, guys, I don't know if we can show this on the pod, but my Apple Watch has been on me for the past four days. I haven't taken it off, and I don't know if this is healthy. Oh, no, that's called a watch tan. Apparently, according to my Gen Z, like, sister, that's supposed to be a flex, apparently. Really? Yeah, apparently a Looks watch like tan's a Looks like a freaking rash to me. <laughs> um, so, guys, it's been a minute. How have you guys been doing? Corzimba? Thank you for joining us. He, you just, you're coming off of the second vaccine, I remember. Yeah, are we allowed to say that word? But yeah, uh, yeah, second, second shot. You know, the first one didn't affect me. Thought I was gonna be going strong. Me and my fiance both got them. We uh, woke up. Saturday was fine. We got them like in the afternoon on Saturday. Then Sunday, woke up. It was 3 p.m. We were supposed to go to Mother's Day at 11 a.m. And we just slept and I, it felt like poison was secreting throughout my body. And yeah, I haven't, haven't felt as, <laughs> still haven't felt great. Did you just some call people, the vaccine poison? Some people it would felt, argue that it, felt, it, it, felt it felt is like poison. poison. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, it felt, it felt like my it body felt, felt like poison. It felt like it was you hurting, you know, you couldn't describe that in another way. It felt like poison. All right. Mm. Sorry. It felt like cotton candy in my body. Which, cotton candy. Which doesn't belong there. Okay. That's like the weirdest <laughs> analogy, but screw it. It hurt. Ah! <laughs> Are you all right? My seat's falling. All right. I'm a little out of it. I haven't talked to the public, to the public, to anyone in days. Yeah, uh, I was, yeah, I was actually like texting uh, Tom yesterday and I was like, yeah, is Corzemba mad at me? Because like, you know, we're talking in the group chat. No one's, he's not answering. And it wasn't until then I found out that you got the vaccine. I'm glad you're not mad at me though. No, not mad at you. Thank you for checking in. Yeah, I saw the text <laughs> of you. You were like, is everything good? I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just, you know, sleeping. There, there still is the chance that this is like an elaborate act and like he was mad at you slash is mad at you. But if we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, like, hey. <laughs> I've got a clammy forehead. So, guys, it's been, you know, it's been a nice little week and... There's a decent amount of NBA news that we got within the past 48 hours, which is pretty sick because that's like perfect timing for us to discuss. Um, let's take it from let's start with the Boston Celtics. I'm sure you guys heard the unfortunate news in regards to Jalen Brown. He's out with a wrist injury for the remainder of the season, remainder of the season being the playoffs as well. So the Boston Celtics season is essentially over. Where do the Celtics go from here? 
and well i don't know that's that's tough like there's never a good time to get hurt but like right before the playoffs has to be like one of the absolute worst times to get hurt if you're looking for like the sunny side of things i guess you could say hey at least we're going to see what tatum really is capable of without brown in a playoff environment and maybe we'll see some of those other guys that they've needed to step up step up but ultimately like i am definitely worried as a boston celtics fan i mean hypothetically you're as a celtics fan yeah uh, well yeah like hi, like hypothetically <laughs> like if i fan. was a celtics fan yo I'm, I'm, a, I'm worried man it is what it is you know what worried me watching the celtics get destroyed by the chicago bulls um Chicago Bulls, it's looking like a little a little too late. We almost we almost squeaked into the playoffs. I mean, maybe if Zach Levine didn't get cursed and got in the super strain of whatever is floating around these days. But for the Boston Celtics, I mean, we didn't have high hopes really going for, into this playoffs for this team. We weren't expecting much. Now, are we expecting them to become the first ever um, with these new set of playing rules, the first ever team to be bounced in the playing ga- uh, game as a seven or an eight seed, because looks very possible to me. Right now, as it stands, they would play the Hornets in round one, and then the winner, the winner of the Pacers and Wizards in round two, if they lost to the Hornets. Hornets round one is rough. So they'd have to. So if they lost to the Hornets, let's say they played the Wizards. I think they could I think they could actually beat the Hornets. As much as I love the Hornets and as fun as they are to watch, there's a ton of experience on the Boston Celtics. Well, Jason Tatum at least has a ton of experience in the playoffs. So I do think yeah. he'll step up in that big moment. I do typically whenever a rookie goes into a situation like that, you know, LaMelo Ball or, you know, Devontae Graham's in his second year. Miles Bridges is fairly young as well. Maybe Star- maybe Scary Terry steps up because, um, or Gordon Hayward because they used to be former Celtics and maybe they have an extra edge because they're going up against their former team. Um, but I personally think that I'm not going to really expect much from like LaMelo Ball. And I do think Jason Tatum might come out with a little bit of an extra edge. But I think they're either getting bounced in the play-in or they're going to get bounced in the first round, without a doubt. And we've had concerns about them even before um, Jalen Brown got injured. That's that's true. So just to poke a little fun at you, Mike, who do you who do you think on the Celtics has experience outside of Jason Tatum? Glad I'm being avoided from these attacks. Looks like it looks like you came in targeting me today. Well, there's no, Kemble. There's Kemble Walker. Kemble Walker. I mean, hold on. Last year, Kemble Walker. Bear in mind, the Celtics made a pretty nasty playoff run, literally just seven months ago. So we're calling Kemble Walker a playoff vet. Is that, is that fair? I, so I consider any player that has made it to like the conference finals as like they've been on a team that's had to make a deep run. You know, yeah, I wouldn't say like a hardcore veteran because yeah, that yeah, was like yeah. the first time Kemba Walker like made it all the way there. But he he was part of a very deep run, and it's really hard to make it to the conference finals. But in addition to that, you have Marcus Smart made it to yeah, you, the conference finals. You also finals got Tristan twice. Thompson, right? He's still a yeah. still Celtic, right? Tristan Thompson, 
And a player that I, for some reason, have like this crush on that I'm always like rooting for no matter what, Jabari Parker, who has like no experience, but you know, shout out to him. Has <laughs> he been what has caused this crush? Ha has he has he been playing, Jabari? J Jabari. He got a DNP last game. Yeah, it, it, yeah. He he's been playing like eleven minutes per game over the eight games that he's played. So maybe so with far. Brown out. We see more Jabari Parker. Ooh, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I mean, for Mike's dreams, okay, that might work out. I don't think it's working out for the Celtics. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, my it's, worry it's, for the Celtics, I would say, is which I feel like the Celtics have, you know, pretty like savvy fans. But I would be worried that the front office or whatever goes, you know, oh, Jalen Brown was out. Like, you know, don't don't overreact. Don't overreact to this first round loss. Um, that that's something I'd be a little concerned about because. Like we said, the Celtics have been underachieving all season, but this kind of gives them like an excuse right at the end of the year. Like, oh, well, we didn't have our full roster. We didn't have our second best player. So I don't know. I mean, I like I definitely think they're getting bounced first round at the latest. But also, I've got to say now building with Jalen Brown injured that makes things a lot more difficult. Like, where do they go from now? Where would you guys, let's say, let's just play it out. Let's say Celtics, I mean, I don't think it really matters if there's any difference. They lose in the first round, they lose in the playing game. Where would where would you try to go from there? Yikes. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, if I was Danny Ainge, it really depends on how free agency like plays out. Danny Ainge has an ace in his pocket to gain favor with his fans, like Boston Celtics fans, that he doesn't play for some reason. Like, if this guy, if Boston Celtics fans are upset, I literally saw on my Twitter timeline, hey, Jalen Brown going out sucks. The only thing that can make this feel better is if we signed Isaiah Thomas again. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas is a veteran minimum player at this point. No, you think that's going to, I mean, that's not, that's I don't, not I don't think that's going to help off season. I don't think that's like a big off season splash that they're going to make, but I do think that's going to be something that would hype up Boston Celtic fans, you know, unnecessarily. You know, and who needs Isaiah Thomas. Who? I don't, th I don't think any the law, the Los Angeles Lakers. We tried that and it worked decently, but uh, we're in a different place now. You saw his tweet, right? Have you seen Isaiah Thomas on Twitter, actually? Um, Bro, he actually, his last team was the Pelicans. I saw him I'm, play. I'm, like, feeling bad for him at this point. Like, like I, like, you know, wait. Oh, my God. That's, Why are you feeling well, bad for him? Well, um, well be, dude, he's out here just trying to, I mean, I don't want to use the word beg, but he's oh. kind of begging for a, a spot, like, for his one last chance. I only which, saw him do that for the Lakers. Did he do that for uh, somebody else? He's kind of been doing that for, like, for a while now. He's been, yeah. like, like saying, like, he, like, needs a chance. You know, it's been, like, a little bit too much where I'd be like, okay, you know, calm, calm it down a little bit. But, sure. you know, I do, of course, feel bad for him, too, though, because... He was on top of the basketball world, then injuries brought him down, and he was, you know, he was one of those guys that came back for the playoffs a little early, and then that ended up, I guess, hurting him. I'm not sure how much that hurt him long-term forever, because you would think at this point, um, you know, he would have recovered somewhat. I don't know. Was that, when he came back too early for the playoffs, did that cost him his career, basically? Because I know that that used to happen. Like that, that You happened know what? Like, Brandon Roy, Brandon Roy came back too early and that like definitely affected him. Like 
Has that been kind of overblown with Isaiah Thomas? Or is that true that like him coming back too early for the Celtics ruined him? That's a good question. Um, I don't think I actually don't think that's talked about enough, to be honest, because it's perceived as this like huge sacrifice when Isaiah Thomas's sister died in a car accident in the 2017 playoffs. And then he comes back and um, like absolutely demolishes. No, demolish isn't even the right word. I'd like to say absolutely obliterate and decimate to the point of irrelevance at least towards the Chicago Bulls because the Celtics would defeat the Bulls 4 to 2 and after completely decimating the Chicago oh, I, Bulls okay no emphasis on the word decimating um he would attend her funeral then would go to the conference semifinals drop 33 like it looks like he's been having good games then he would score 53 um against uh the Washington Wizards in game two, then he would score. Uh, then he would. He, it looks like for the most part, he had really good games throughout his entire postseason. And once the Celtics lost, um, went down to the Cavaliers two two to oh, um, Isaiah Thomas just sat out for the rest of the season. I mean, the rest of the postseason. So I do think there's a chance that it's that it's because of his hip. That was the whole thing. He was playing on a hurt hip. It wasn't just his sister. Um, which obviously that's a huge emotional weight, you know, that I can't believe that, you know, it's amazing that he came back and played with that. That was so horrible. Um, but no, yeah, his hip was hurt as well. And there was like rumors that he was like playing on and everything. And that's why if you look at the basketball reference, um, game logs, he only played the first two games of that Cleveland series. They got smoked. He only had two points in the game two loss. And then he sat out for the last three games and he... Um. Yeah, never played on the Celtics again. Then he got traded to the Cavs that offseason for Kyrie. Um. Yeah. So, so he hasn't been the same sense. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if it's the hip though. That's all I wanted to say. It was like, was playing in the playoffs. Did that hip injury? Because like he has not been the same player, and the drop off was dramatic. Like remember in 2017, he averaged 29 points per game that regu- that regular season. He was in consideration for the MVP. I mean, he wasn't ever going to win it, but he was like one of the names that was thrown out there in the top like five to seven guys. And so you have a guy averaging 29 and six one year at the age of 27. And then boom, next year, he averages 15.2 on 37% shooting. And he only gets worse from there. So like, was it the hip? I guess it was. A very popular narrative is, and I've seen this so many times, is people claim that Danny Ainge ruined Isaiah Thomas's career. So what do you guys think of that statement? All right. So the reason that Isaiah Thomas, I guess, blames Danny Ainge and I guess the Celtics in general here, especially their medical staff, which, you know, the medical staff on teams basically remains... In the dark, I would say, you never hear their names really. You never hear them like, yeah, exactly. We hear Danny Ainge getting blamed. But so apparently, um, Isaiah Thomas says that Boston, Isaiah Thomas says that the Boston Celtics medical staff gave him misleading information regarding his hip injury. He says, if I, if I went back and could do it again, I would have sat out the playoffs because I would have been playing right now. I would have been 100% healthy. He said, basically, 
when it's all said and done, he said that they gave him injury about his hip saying like, oh, you're going to be good to come back. You're not going to hurt it anymore. And that wasn't the case. He came back. He hurt it even more. And now he's never been the same. And he uh, and he was devastated by that because he was like, why would you lie to me? Of course, that's his like own career, his own money, his own everything. But it's also like he gave, he feels like he gave everything to the city of Boston. You know, he came back after his sister. He came back after everything. And for them to lie to him, that's why he, you know, feels like they completely betrayed him. And that's given Danny Ainge such a bad reputation around the NBA uh, amongst the players. So what's your opinion on that? Um, I mean, it's from everything. I, I feel like it's kind of a it's, it's hard to tell because Danny Ainge isn't going to come back and defend himself here, right? Like this is kind of a no like win situation for him. Like he just kind of just has to let Isaiah say whatever he was going to say. I feel like if he tried to defend himself, it's one of those situations where you put that like whole situation, you give it more of a uh, larger spectrum, more of a national broadcast. And Danny Ainge probably wouldn't have like come. He would not have looked good no matter what. Isaiah would have just said like, oh, I shouldn't have played. And Danny would have been like, oh, yeah, no, you were fine. Like it, it just wouldn't have looked good. So I don't know. I mean, it was really Isaiah Thomas's word against everyone else's here. And Isaiah has recently like reached back out to the Celtics and is like, hey guys, like I know you could use me for the playoffs. So it looks like the bad blood there is at least gone. Mm. But I mean, the stats do like, no matter what happened, no matter what, like Isaiah should not have been playing on that hip, I guess, because if you look, just look at his stats, like he's not the same player. He just has not been as mobile. So whether he got some bad advice or, or not, he shouldn't have been playing. Um, And also, like, just as a counter argument, first, I see Danny Ainge's side in this thing. You know, like, if you have a player that clearly is going to be going down the drain and you have an opportunity to acquire a star like Kyrie Irving and improve the team that dramatically, you need to jump on that opportunity, even though it didn't end up working out. But on top of that, in Isaiah Thomas's case, he completely mismanaged, like he fumbled his own bag. And I, I hate to say this because I like w really love his story. I love his rise to the top. I remember watching Korzemba's video on it many years ago when he was still like crushing it during the 2017 season. It's a wonderful story how Mr. Irrelevant did what he was able to do. But the thing is, if he knew his hip was that bad, he shouldn't have played the year after. Even if there was pressure from LeBron James to come back, he should have said, I'm out for the season. I need to make sure my hip is right. And then he should have uh, cashed in and got at least a one year max prove a deal or, you know, a two year max yeah. or something like that. And he would have been offered that. Some team would have paid him that amount of money if he chose to sit out. But he didn't. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he kind of set himself up to be the cautionary tale when it comes to this kind of situation. Because he, I mean, he claims he came back too early for the playoffs, okay? And then he also immediately got traded by that same team that he came back and, you know, put his own health, he put his health second. He put the team first there. He immediately got traded there. So what, what does that teach everyone involved? Teaches everyone, put your own health first, you know, these guys, these teams, you could be expandable, expandable. 
no matter who you are, like they could trade you that offseason, which they did to Isaiah Thomas. And it also taught teams themselves, I would say, you know, let's let's cool it. Let's not be risking players long term health, no matter what, basically, in when it comes to the playoffs. I don't think we've really seen anything like that recently where a team has risked their guy's health. Right. Isaiah's kind of in the last one. Because I know it happened before plenty. Like you've got Brandon Roy, you've got Well, there's there's uh, been some arguments with Kevin Durant and the yeah, Warriors. Oh yeah. Yeah, that he shouldn't have played. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I'll always hate on Kevin Durant for the decision to go to the Warriors. And I think the way he conducts himself on social media is really irritating. But I think his return, his premature return in the NBA finals should be the reason why like warriors fans show him tremendous amounts of love because that man literally put his achilles on the line to try to win one more championship for that organization it didn't work out but i i felt like i don't know i feel like kevin durant's situation was very similar to isaiah thomas's situation only if kevin durant found himself in a scenario where he tear his achilles or suffers some sort of career ending injury which on paper, by the way, he did. And teams didn't care. They still took a chance because it was Kevin Durant. He's fine. He's had multiple max contracts. He's won multiple championships. He's won an MVP. He's he's had a pretty, compared to like most NBA players, compared to most NBA All-Stars of, of the past, Kevin Durant has had a pretty decorated career, even if he decided to retire right now. So in that scenario, I understand taking the risk that he did to win a NBA championship again. But in Isaiah Thomas's situation, you haven't earned a max contract yet. You, you're literally almost there. And I don't know. I think uh, weighing out the risk reward in that scenario, I'm sure he felt like he was the face of the Celtics at the time. Because yeah. I remember I remember when... Um, they made a big roster transaction that offseason. I think it was when they signed Gordon Hayward. There was like a video of him dancing like excitedly because he thought that, hey, Gordon Hayward's for me. And then eventually he would get traded. But it's really unfortunate what happened to him at the end of the day. Yeah, like I, I get what you're saying. Like the thing is, he was, you know, second round pick. He had his whole just underlooked wherever he went, basically. Now, finally, he's on the Celtics his entire life has basically been like you know confirmed for him or all of his like all every single one of his doubts has been put to rest he's averaging 29 a game he is like you said the face of the celtics one of the nba's top franchises when it comes to championships and all that and yeah probably just like didn't go to his head in a bad way but went to like where he was like yeah this is my team these are my guys i'm gonna come back I'm going to, you know, try to lead us throughout through these playoffs. Like I earned the right to be the guy that's able to do this. And then unfortunately, it just kind of backfired in a major way where now he just he can't even get an NBA contract. Cautionary tale, man. Honestly, like very low key last year, he averaged a decent amount of points per game for the Wizards. He wasn't that bad, like 40 percent shooting. 23 minutes per game, 12 points per game. I feel like he should at least be on a roster, but I don't know. He did well for the Wizards last year, though. Yeah, especially because it's at this point, it seems like all he's really asking for is kind of a shot, but also like he's telling teams he can just be a role model in the locker room. So what's what's the harm? 
Speaking of the Wizards, there has been a lot of awesomeness and drama at the same time going on for the Washington Wizards. Awesomeness in terms of Russell Westbrook did something amazing the other day, passing Oscar Robertson for the most triple doubles of all time, which is an insane feat. I personally have a lot of respect for Russ because I do think he is carving his own niche. He kind of is going, he kind of, per, I perceive him as someone that isn't really chasing a championship with, and he's just trying to validate himself through his own accolades, which good on Russ. But in addition to, in addition to that, did you guys see what happened between Kent Bazemore and Bradley Beal on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, are you going to go ahead and describe that and, so, and explain it? So there, so first there's a clip of Kent Bazemore being interviewed. Um, and um, the clip pretty much shows Kent Bazemore uh, taking a shot at Bradley Beal because, you know, Kent Bazemore is on the same team as Steph Curry. He says... I've got the quote right here. He says, 49 points in 29 minutes. That's unreal. We got guys hurting hamstrings to keep up. If you see the interview, like, it's a little bit more cringy than that. He goes, yeah. then we got guys hurting uh, hamstrings trying to keep up. And then pause, very awkward pause. He has this, like, goofy smile on his face. And then he looks into the camera. He's like, so y'all got to do some research on that. You know what I mean? You see what I did there? Kind of like that was the vibe trying to take a dig at Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal is currently second in the scoring race. He's out with a hamstring injury. Steph Curry has a marginal lead over him and Bradley Beal didn't like this at all. Him and his wife like kind of tag teamed Kent Bazemore while Kent Bazemore was still in a game last night. It was very, very entertaining. Oh no. Kent Bazemore played. Kent Bazemore played the. I guess you can't take a joke anymore. Oh, I mean, it's a bad uh, joke. I mean, here's the thing: if you're Bradley Beal, how do you let a guy like Kent Bazemore get into your head? You know, like it's Kent freaking Bazemore. That's you a know? messed up comment, bro. Like you can't talk about people like getting hurt and stuff in this type of in these type of situations. You know. If it was just a dig, like, even then, like, you're right, it's Kent Bazemore. That adds to the fire, but you, you can't bring up injuries and, and all that stuff in, in these situations. But, like, Bradley Beal's responses aren't, like, mo like about the injury. They're talking about, it seems like Bradley Beal is very, very annoyed that Kent Bazemore is putting it out there that Bradley Beal is trying to, like beat Steph Curry in the scoring race. Like Bradley Beal wrote in a tweet, you don't know why I go out there and play and it damn sure ain't for another man's approval. You were straight lame. It's funny you say that because your man's admittedly checking my numbers before the game, but I'm chasing. See? So Bradley Beal's pissed that Steph Curry, I mean, that uh, Kent Bazemore is alluding to the fact that uh, that Bradley Beal is checking Steph Curry's numbers and trying to outdo Steph Curry. When, yeah, he kind of took a shot at Steph Curry there because apparently Steph Curry, and, and I don't know how true this is, we have to pull this up, but according to Bradley Beal, Yamans is referring to Steph Curry, apparently checked Bradley Beal's numbers and is trying to one-up Bradley Beal. So this kind of has like shades of when Shaq and David Robinson were in a race for the scoring title and David Robinson dropped 77 points. I think, was it 77 points? It's just 70. Just, just 70. 70. He dropped 70 points 
um, in like one of his final games so he could win the scoring title. Um, kind of slight tones of that. But yeah. He- well, to be fair, I think Bradley Beal is right. Like, I don't think he's necessarily doing what he's doing for like the approval of everybody around him. And Kent Bazemore is not the guy to check him, even if that was his motive. You know, like, again, it's Kent Bazemore here. So, yeah, I don't think this is war like this warrants like four tweets and your wife coming in and getting involved in like jumping on the bandwagon. Wait, what are the wife? Say? OK, well, Bradley Beal's wife is involved with whatever he does. So, yeah, but it, like, it's, it's kind of awesome. She comes to his defense. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. But I'm saying people like, did not say the same same thing about Steph Curry's wife. I'm just saying double standard. Um, For those people, not me. <laughs> I see what people you did there. People were ripping. But like, we're ripping at the time. Yeah, like, and don't don't get it twisted. Like, I think um, Bradley Beal's wife had some great like shots. She mentioned how like Kent Bazemore is going to be busy chasing like eight points for the entire game, stuff like that. But I don't think if you're Bradley Beal. If you're putting out four tweets and your wife is tweeting about it um, and it's consuming your night because he went on like a brief like tirade, then the next morning you go on first take and you talk about it again. In my head, Kent Bazemore won. Like he's living in your head. No, 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 no. I think Bradley Beal is embellishing this a bit also. Because, I mean, come on. Like, people have been talking about the Wizards a lot. But we've really been talking about Russell Westbrook for the most part. So, this is a chance for Bradley Beal to, you know, get some love in that spotlight. Yeah, so he's go- so going head-to-head against a role player on Twitter is a way to get Listen, I got to agree. Wait, I can see both sides here. I could see Bradley Beal, you know, liking the fact that he's finally got some media attention here. Because he has been crushing it this season, he's but been everyone destroying it. Yeah, like nobody's been, been talking about. He's been it. a monster, and anyone like whenever we bring up the Wizards, it's about Russ. It's either about how Russ struggled, or it's about how Russ did well, or you know. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, but like also, this I'm with Mike, where it's like this. I don't know if this is the battle you choose. I don't know if this is what the fight nah, to man. bring you out there. Dude, as it a is basketball. Kent Bazemore, yeah, but it's Kent Bazemore. Just but look, relax. as a basketball player, when I'm hooping, like, I don't know, this might just be me. And say I'm crushing it. Say I'm scoring all our team's points. And then the worst player on the other team says you would something laugh. to me. That's insult to injury. Like, no, but oh, you you're talking? Like, you're talking to me? Like, no. Like, oh, yeah, I'm about to destroy you. Exactly. You're exactly. You're right. You'd be like, this guy's talking to me? Like, you'd just be immediately yeah, No, no, no. But you I would dismiss. sometimes it would you got to put people dismi- in. in. No, you got to let people wave. know, too. So I That's think fine. I, That's fine. But you would you would let him know. You would let him know either just, like, more silently or you would no, not. No, why would, why would I be silent about it if he wasn't silent? You would not be Who, doing four this is tweets, like, going on a talk show. I agree. Bro, I agree. He, he's I agree. freaking zoomed on first take. It's not like he's flew out to ESPN. All right. Well, you know what? All right. Well, it's still his own time. But regardless, my whole opinion, this is my my final opinion, is I think Bradley Beal was jumping at the bit to finally, you know, be in the national spotlight some more. I agree. I don't think he took the best fight or situation for it. However, I also think that Kent Bazemore was not prepared for this at all and wishes he could take those words back. From everything I see from Kent Bazemore, it looks like he's like, I wish I was not a part of this fight. Like... I was just trying to make a joke, like, relax. Bradley Beal came at him much harder than he ever thought he would. 
yeah. crappy joke involved an injury involved uh, assuming things about Beal that may or may not be true. Um, just just was a mess all around. Didn't need to say it. Uh, not mad at Beal. I wouldn't exactly you know, say he assumed anything about Beal. I would say crappy injury for the joke. But he just said trying to keep up. He yeah, he's like, trying. Like we don't know that Beal's like actively going out there and trying to keep up. That's assuming we don't. I'm not Bradley Beal, well, okay, so I'm not going yeah. to say so he like, is or isn't. I think yeah, in I Kent Bazemore's true. head, like even he didn't expect Bradley Beal to care no, about. He didn't what at he all. Said. Well, like, Bradley uh, Beal's pretty chill, so I could see that. Like, yeah, this is actually pretty shocking in general. Honestly, yeah, I don't know why this set him off so much. This is like the equivalent of, and this reminds me of like a YouTube story of mine that's really like personal to me. About a year and a half ago, when you know things were starting to finally look up, uh, look up for me after like a decade of trying to like put in work on the platform, my channel was taking off, and some guy like tweeted at me saying, "Flight Mike, I have a question. How come during the middle of the NBA playoffs and the NBA offseason, your videos get like?" 300,000 views per, but during like the stretch of like in between the regular season, right before it starts, during a time where no one's talking about basketball pretty much, your videos get like about 50,000 views. You're view botting, you know? So. And that was true. And we've been exposed, and I'm glad we can finally talk about it. So like, yeah. you know, in my, in my head, I'm like, okay, I could explain to this guy that like, hey, you know, basketball, not a lot of people are talking about it right now. I'm not even thinking about it as much right now because it's a time that we're not getting it as much. So as a result, people don't really care about it as much. But in my head, I'm like, look, like, even if I do respond to this guy, he's out there just to get a reaction out of me. And like, that's yeah. what Kent Bazemore was trying to With do with Bradley all Beal due here. respect, completely different situations. That's like, <laughs> so. that, like, that's like a fan saying, that, <laughs> saying something to Bradley Beal, right? Imagine if another YouTuber... As big as you, not as big as you, but maybe, you know, um, a little smaller than you came at you. That's that's a more comparable situation. So he he was a YouTuber with like 700 subscribers or like a thousand subscribers. He did like Call of Duty content, if I remember. Yeah, and, and that's I, out of your realm. Like, yeah. So I was actually trying to explain to him. I'm like, hey, like, you know. Um, currently like this is, uh, these topics aren't like as popular right now. We don't, I don't like to force content. So I'm waiting for things to like pop again and I'll come back and I'll talk about it. And that's when people care about it the most. And in the meantime, I usually work on other channels and he decided to take a different route. That's when he decided to like take personal attacks on how I run my channels. He thought it was really quote unquote desperate that I had multiple channels. And at the end of the day, I was right. You know, he was just trying to get a reaction out of me. And I think in this case, Kent Bazemore is the smaller YouTuber and Mm. Bradley Beal. I don't want to say I'm Bradley Beal, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, completely (laughs) different situation. Completely different situation. Speaking of of YouTube guys, we've (laughs) done moves on. I mean, do you have something... Do you have something to add? My bad. I I, I want to add something. I want to add something too. And uh, really, we again. could totally transition though. We could totally like. <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Who are we to judge how Bradley Beal feels about the situation, man? I'm glad Beal did whatever he felt was necessary. At the end of the day, he's the one in the situation. At the end of the day, he's the one that got insulted. Um, you know, kudos to Bradley Beal for handling it however he wanted to handle it. 
you go. I'll say, you, you know what? I'll I'll say we are here to completely judge that. What do you mean? Yeah, that's every what single we do. time. No, 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 no. Every no, single no, time, no, Kevin Durant. No, no, you're <laughs> here to judge that. I haven't oh judged him one bit. I haven't. Judged well, you know him what? One bit. I will judge NBA players for overreacting on Twitter. And in your opinion, in Mike Corzimba's opinion, Bradley Yes, I will, I will. I mean, look at it. You freaking went on a tirade. And it looks like Kent Bazemore didn't even want it. Like, you know, Kent Bazemore was just like, like, I wish I could take this back, basically. I you take it back. What's stopping him? Say, my bad. I'm sorry. Apologize. Move on. Didn't see I'm, that happen. I'm judging him, but in a way that, like, kind of compliments the guy. I think this isn't worth your time. You're Bradley freaking Beal. You know, you earn max contract money. You're like the face of the Washington Wizards. Yeah, if you want media attention, go call out one of the top players in the NBA. Don't get into Twitter beefs with Kent freaking Bazemore. So, like, just flick, just, like, brush your shoulders off and, like, move on. Don't go on first take and discuss it even more. So, I don't know. I think he handled, he should I have think, handled I it differently. I think people are blowing this up bigger than Well, I think, Bra- I don't think people are blowing this up. Bradley Beal blew this up. Bradley Beal made this into this giant thing. This could have just been a passing comment. If this happened to like freaking Kobe, Kobe would have been like, who's, who is Kent Bazemore? That's what, that's his response. That would have been his response. Or or Kobe would have mentally destroyed him. What are we talking about? Yeah, like on the court or whatever. He wouldn't have went to Twitter and started typing a bunch of stuff. Kobe wasn't really that big into social media. So also not a fair comparison. We're in 2021. No, no. Regardless of anything. Yeah. Bradley Beal needs to chill. Wasn't that big of a deal. People trash talked Kobe, and Kobe made him pay. And he didn't. Oh yeah, like yeah, talk- yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe for sure made people pay. Yeah, this would have uh, been. You know what? This would have been nice. Like this would have been nice if Bradley Beal had just been like a one comment thing. Then the next time he played Kent Bazemore, torched him real quick. Like he, I mean, that would do that. Regard- that's going to happen regardless. So like. Kobe was always slick about the way he like threw shade at people. I think one of my favorite interviews that just pops into my mind is he he wins his final championship and an, and a reporter asks him, Kobe, you won championship number five in a hard fought game seven against the Boston Celtics. What does this mean to you? And like he looks at the he just looks at the reporter. He has like this like, you know, slick, goofy Mamba like smile on his face. Probably one of my favorite interviews of all time. And like looks with a dead serious face and says, it means I got more than Shaq. And that's it. Like, that's the way he should operate. That's the way Bradley Beal should operate. And again, I shouldn't tell people how to act. I just think there you go. You go, she should operate. There you go. Right. I'm not going to say he should operate that way. I'm just going to say that, you know, I like that. I felt like what he did was overblown. I'm not telling him what he should or should not do, but I'm just saying. Felt like he went too far. All right. It happened. It's done. Next topic, Mike. So I brought up YouTube a little bit. And um, I, uh, you know, Coop and my YouTube stories are a little bit, uh, stories a little bit intertwined. I don't know much about Mike Corzemba's YouTube story. And, you know, I never like, I think I admitted this to you about like two or three years ago or like four years ago when we went to the NBA live event. Um, you were like one of my earliest influences for jumping into NBA content. So, and you, I consider you to be like one of the first to do this type of content. So how did you get the idea to create NBA videos? How'd you start? Uh, well, thank you for that one. But two, so I was in college and I had this, oh my God, I had this 
sketch comedy channel that is out there right now, but it's not out there. It's all, every video is privated. I'm the only one with the password. And the only people that have seen these videos recently are my, is my fiance. That's it. We, so we totally there, there's like literally these. like 50 sketch comedy videos that are all just right there, like fully made videos that I posted for an entire year and they are so bad. Yeah. Thomas seen them um, because Thomas in some of them, but regardless, they're so bad. And I did that like my senior year, junior, senior year of college. And luckily I just stopped doing that. I was like, there's no real future here. I'm not that funny at all, especially sketch. Like I, I give so much credit to actors now because I'm like, I know how hard it is to act at all. Like even in this stupid sketch comedy thing for like a four minute YouTube video. Yeah, but, um, like, and writers, especially yeah, writers, maybe more than actors. It's so hard both ways. But so anyway, um, my brother was like, you know, like, oh, you like you, you like YouTube, you love 2K. Why don't you try playing 2K on YouTube? I was like, oh, and I researched the community. I saw guys like Jesser. I saw guys like, you know, Cash, like LNU at the time. The flight Nick Mike. the Bulls fan. Um, the flight Mike. I don't know if I saw Mike back then. Um, what, are but you, anyway. what are you doing? Uh, anyway, um, I, I was threw a lob. I threw a lob. <laughs> what? Are you, like, what? But anyway, um, were you were you were you playing two K sixteen? Was I playing two K sixteen? All right. Well, anyway, he keeps anyway, going. Anyway, um, so I started making like daily content there. You can still find it on my main channel. I was actually weirdly enough, like sometimes I like to take a trip down memory lane and I was like watching like my NBA 2K16 videos. And um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they were fun. They were cool. I I was referring, I was talking to my, my fiance, Angela, I was talking to her. Um, I was like, it's crazy reading the comment section because it just is like, it's so overwhelmingly positive. Like back then, like everyone is just like, oh my God, you're going to blow up. Oh, you're like, like, it's so like, can't believe I just found you. Like, how are you not bigger? Like everyone's like, I love your content so much. Like now, of course, you know, you get plenty of hate, but back, oh God. but back then it was all love. And so I was doing NBA 2K stuff. And then I was like, okay, I want to try this new thing. I th- had read in Bill Simmons, a book of basketball. He had this chapter uh, about what ifs and like I always thought that was like really fascinating it kind of just like clicked for me that chapter it was so interesting it was like what if this happens what is the result for the entire NBA and so one of the scenarios was what if Kevin Durant was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers like what happens to the rest of the NBA and at the time for the book there had not been uh, many seasons that had already gone on I think maybe he even like threw that in as like a bonus what if because it was just too early to talk about it but regardless for all of these things he would like basically write like a page or like two pages like one was like what if Carmelo Anthony was taken by the Pistons and so I was like okay what if you did that but instead of just like hypothetically thinking things through you go in depth and you take team standings and you look at win shares on basketball reference and you change things and then you then you're like okay well, the, the Trailblazers, they win like four more games with Durant, let's say. But then that means the Sonics, they lose like five more games without with Greg Oden now instead. And so that means the Sonics now draft like one one or two picks up the next draft. 
And I was like, oh wow, this changes literally everything. And so I went and I just made this, my first ever what if video. And it took me like a month. Like I had never knew, like now they'd still take over a month because they're longer, but that was the first one and it wasn't that long, but it took over a month. And luckily there was no one like waiting on content for me there though there at that point. And um, so I made this video and it got like 20 or 30,000 views. It got like maybe, let's say like 20,000. And it sat there for like four months and like all my videos were getting like a few thousand views at this point, like maybe like 5,000-ish like 2K like video, uh, 5K views per, per 2K video, which was, I thought was pretty good. I was building a following. But then out of nowhere, the algorithm just picked up my what if video and threw it into the algorithm. And I gained like 200, 300,000 views on that video in like three days. And I gained like, you know, almost like close to like 10,000 subscribers just from that video. And I was like, oh my God. And everyone was like, yo, do more, do more. And so then I, you know, I was like, all right, I got to do this. So I spent like another month working on what if Steph Curry went to the Knicks and that video did even better. And then at this point I was still doing 2K along with um, NBA videos. And then I tested out, I was like, well, what happens if I do like seven NBA players that could have been legends? Or what happens if I do like my, these Michael Jordan conspiracies? And I started testing out other NBA videos and all of them just crushed. Like they all just popped up, popped off. I kept gaining subscribers every single video. Like I would post a video and I would just watch as the line, like the view line would go like this and then boom, it would just skyrocket and I'd start gaining subscribers. And so eventually like it just made sense and people were telling me they were like, stop doing 2K, just do NBA on this channel. And so I did, then I made my second channel about 2K, but yeah, that was, that was it. Um, I went from 2K to, I just got this idea for a what if once and like I did it. And then I realized I actually, like I had a moment of realization at one point where I was like, there is nobody doing like NBA style videos of like where like the seven players that like could have been NBA legends or like anything like that. Like the most basic of NBA video content back then was just not being done. Like none of it had been done. Like there was no what Len Bias, like the NBA superstar that could have been, there was nothing. And so when I first started out, like I had just in infinite video ideas in front of me and it was sick. And now it's so much harder because there's so many people that do it and people, basically all the ideas are, you gotta get super creative nowadays. But back then was the, was the golden era. That was back when you could just think of literally anything like seven teams that could have won a championship and that would get a million views because even though it was so basic no one had done it i yeah. honestly i um i remember like looking at that uh at those what ifs the thing that like blew me away the most was you had this remarkable talent in world building which is something that like not even a lot of cinematographers get it right like i see it in the mcu they do a remarkable job with world building i saw it in the old star wars movies like they created a wonderful like an awesome world with a ton of depth but like if you look at the dcu like they're struggling with that right now and in each of these what if scenarios you created your own unique world and it kind of reminded me of game of thrones in a sense because in the earlier seasons of game of thrones like the author was notorious for like obsessing over each and every detail, you know, like, yeah. so, and I felt like you did that in those early what ifs, which I personally really love that content. I'm, I'm doing one right now. 
and uh you know i'm doing what if kobe went to college and i've gotten uh, about ha over halfway like three-fifths way through planning it it's so long to plan it there are so many changes already but um yeah it's it's cool i'm trying to make this though into a three-part series so i could go more in depth with the like world building because when you get when you make it just one episode you really like i mean before i don't know about now maybe i could just release like an hour one but i used to be like okay i've got to cap it at 30 minutes which now i'd be like oh 45 minutes like great but i would try to cap it at like 30 minutes and you like end up going like you know fast forwarding through a lot of stuff but so you miss out on like some like cool teams that like where it would be like you know the number six seed in the eastern conference that are just like a cool exciting team like hmm let's see I don't know. There's some there's some interesting things that go down. I'm looking at the 2005 draft right now. We've got Darren Williams going to the Denver Nuggets. Chris Paul to the Charlotte Bobcats. Things go down. You've been working on this for a while. I remember you bringing this up during our, one of our mock podcasts even. Yeah, I've been trying to go slower on it because um, if you just try to go all in at once it just consumes you and just ruins you basically mad respect how about you guys reverse come up stories i think coop and my story would take like 20 minutes plus like yeah. and i want to make sure we get everything in it like yeah i don't want a 40 minute segment on us telling stories and like also like there's so much thing like i have to like write notes because like coop yeah. introduced like we had this group where it was like me coop flight shakedown 2012 like we really? eventually met cash nasty before he blew up coop introduced me to lmu we were in the madden community the 2k community i like quit youtube it, it, it's like a very Basically, everybody story. mike knew early on i'm pretty sure i introduced him to yeah, most definitely. Coop would like meet people and he would introduce me to them. And like, there was this like trend. It's like, well, these guys seem to like Mike, you know, and, um, you know, and they have, and we're like really helping each other grow. So like, I think we're going on, I've known Coop for about 11 years now. And it That's all crazy. Yeah. Wait, we're doing it. Guy. We're doing it. We're doing no, no, it. We're giving a preview. We're giving a preview. We're giving a preview. If you want, we could discuss the first NBA game. Like I could discuss my first NBA game I've ever attended, um, which was in 2010. Um, it was the Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. I don't know if it was 2010 or 2011, but I remember really wanting to see Kobe Bryant play, but Kobe Bryant was injured at the time. And it was my first game. The Lakers went on. Uh, the one moment I remember is the Lakers were like down by like 12 or like, um, and they went on this like 10, nothing scoring run. And being in the crowd when the Lakers were playing the Celtics and the Cel and the Lakers were going on a scoring run, hearing the crowd's energy when like the Lakers would go on the go on a scoring run, it was like my dad's first game too. It was my first game with my dad. My dad was like, "Wow, like this is exhilarating," and I was like, "Yeah, this is incredible." And ever since then, like it definitely made me a significantly bigger fan. And I only got the opportunity to watch Kobe Bryant play once post Achilles tear. It was my ex-girlfriend's birthday present to me. I did break down crying in the uh, uh, in the Uber on the way there. Because she broke up with you? 
Um, no, I broke down crying on the way there. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, I know, oh, I know, um, I did know. she break up with me? No, no, our, no, yeah. right, I'm <laughs> you said ex girlfriend, then you said crying. I was joking. Oh, uh, oh, flew over my head. The, the breakup was a little publicized, um, at the time. Like, it was, it was like, it? yeah, dude, the way we broke up was like. Dude, Los was there, Shake and Bake was there, Toke Nasty was there, Cash Nasty was there. Like Cash Nasty and um and Ash were like comforting me. It was nuts. Like now that I reflect upon it, it was a pretty wild time. It was a it was fairly publicized, but um that was like 10 months later. But yeah, first that's my first game. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny that you just told that whole break apart and then go, but yeah, that was my first <laughs> yeah. You know what? Missed my invite to that one. Sheesh. You were invited. You were invited no, to Atlantic City. That's a lie. It was, with, it was with the Nasty Breaks crew. Bro, I was invited, but like my invite never came through. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nasty. It was nasty. I'm not sure I would have went anyways, but hypothetically, I wanted to be there. Yeah, um, that in of, that in of itself is an uh, yeah. Is that an was awesome a wild story. time. That was I, a wild I want, time. Like I want, if you guys are uh, guys, if you made it to this point of the pod and you're watching on YouTube, just comment down below like what sto uh, what story you want to hear from us next. We gave you a little bit of, we gave you some teasers here. We wanted like limited to like one to two per pod, um, so we could like talk more about basketball and like occasionally mention ourselves. But let us know. Do we have more basketball to talk about? We do actually. Um, there is Luka Doncic's flagrant foul again and like before we even got on the pod guys bear in mind like Korzemba he's been MIA he's been like a little sick from that second vaccine shot so the first thing he says when like he looked at our like list of topics is wait Luka Doncic got another flagrant foul is this like a different flagrant foul or like is it in uh, is it in addition to those other flagrant fouls so <laughs> um what yeah. the all right I just watched it I'm not gonna lie I, yeah guys I've been sleeping so much like literally just sleeping and sleeping this like the second shot made me so tired for days but low, low yeah. managing for the playoffs huh yeah i'm low managing for the playoffs honestly it makes perfect sense um <laughs> all right i don't know what this luca thing is it literally looks so clear that he hits him on purpose i don't know what you guys think but he just smacks him did you see the interview after the interview after was hysterical. Like he literally comes out after getting caught in 4K saying, after I saw the video, I knew I hit him, but it wasn't yeah. anything on purpose. It's like, uh, and then he goes like, yeah, I think that kind of stuff happens a lot in games, but I don't know. That's my explanation. It clearly wasn't on purpose. Obviously it was just two guys fighting for a rebound, I guess. Dude, um, Luca is getting into <laughs> that. Like, all right, well, I mean, I don't want to, Luca, what what territory is he getting into? Rasheed Wallace territory? Like the man is—is uh, is he currently leading the NBA in tax or second? Because he's either like, first or second. Yeah, let's take a look. Um, because I think he was last time we checked. Yeah, he currently is tied for first place with Dwight Howard. Yeah, and so. I don't know, like, what's happening right now. He himself has said that he needs to calm down. He himself has been like, 
yeah, I need to stop whining to the officials and just come, uh, just play basketball. But it's definitely not a great look what he's doing. He's definitely developing a reputation of a whiner. And you could tell the refs are getting fed up with it. You could tell the refs are getting fed up with it with the quick tease that he's getting now. You know, they're just like, they're just over it. Like you see, you see that uh, you saw that technical foul the other day where it just looked like he was, you know, walking back to the bench and he got a technical and it looks kind of just ridiculous. But like everything leading up to that is what led up to the technical. Like the probably nonstop complaining. The man, like sometimes you see, you get, you see the classic him just holding his arms up, looking for a call, doesn't run right back on defense. Like, like he, he's still such a young player that it could just go one of two ways going forward in the next few seasons. It could get worse and like this could be who he is or he could use this year as like a learning experience of like, this doesn't help your team win basketball games. You don't want to be that guy. Stop being that guy because I know for a fact I mean, when, whenever I had a teammate act like this, like, yeah, sometimes, you know, there's guys like sometimes a guy saying a certain thing to a ref when it's justified and you're like, oh, this guy has my back. Like, you know, he's getting a tech, but he has my back. But like when you have a guy with like Luca, where it's just straight up just complaining and whining, like, I don't think that helps team chemistry at all. I think these guys are probably like, dude, get back on defense. Come on, let's play. You're costing us points on technical fouls. Like, I'd be annoyed by it personally. Well, I think. I think some of his actions are, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he's young. He's got time to improve. I think he ultimately will improve. But I think, you know, maybe there's some frustration with how the Mavs have been performing overall this season. Um, They're on know, a four-game is... win streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, when you're Luka Doncic, like, you really, like, expect greatness. What are they? Are they the fifth seed right now, the sixth Currently... seed? Currently... Scene, the thing yeah. is, like, that, he that's, was that's not too bad, but he was saying this early on when they were losing more. But like his actions just have not changed throughout the season, no matter what, if they're winning, if they're losing or whatever. It just seems like right now he's just stuck in this like, like, I deserve every call kind of mentality. And he like lets the reps know it. He's got LeBron syndrome. LeBron syndrome. I mean, what? you said it. You said it, not us. What is what is what is I don't even want to know what that is, honestly. I mean, like, you're a I Lakers think fan. Yeah, you're a Lakers fan. Throwing the I'm a Laker fan, but us. you also have to you need to understand I'm a Laker fan, but But you're a LeBron hater. I'm not a LeBron hater, but like I wasn't a LeBron fan before he came to the Lakers. So like I do acknowledge some of the things he does and I understand why he does it. You know, like complaining about every call, get some more calls. I get that. Not a big fan of it, but I guess that's what Luka Doncic is trying to do. And I guess it's one of those things that, like, as time goes on, he'll get a little bit more respect. But for now... You know what? Thinking about what you just said, I, I actually wish Zion would do this. Like, Zion gets hacked so many times. He gets hit so many times. But since he never complains, I feel like he never Dude, gets Dude, that's what happened with Derrick Rose, too. When Derrick Rose, like, I don't know about now. I mean, he still probably, like, keeps his mouth shut. Mouth shut but when Derrick yeah. Rose was in his prime, that was one of his, or not even his prime. When Derrick Rose was 21 or 22, you know, one of the biggest things was he didn't get enough free throws because people, he and wouldn't that complain. Will, that will he lead would go to injury. And, he that will get, lead to injury. Go in there, get smacked, and he just wouldn't complain. he just get back up. So, yeah, I don't know. Is this just, like, kind of one of those situations where it's, like, Luca? I mean, well, Luca's getting... Teed up though, 
at a much higher rate than most players that complain all the time, like, get. Because you see, like, the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, like, when when these teams are playing, like, everyone's complaining all the time. Yeah. So, Luka must be going extra with it. But Yeah, and you know reputation's a big thing in the NBA, like. Yeah. Here's here's the thing, though. I guess he hasn't earned the respect of LeBron complaining-wise. Like, if LeBron and Luka complain at the same level right now, Luka's getting the tease, and LeBron... Is chilling, getting the very occasional one, but Luke is getting teed up left and right right now. Have you watched Patrick Beverly play, play defense? Yeah, yeah, um, really handsy, right? But gets away with a lot of it. Yeah, it's that it's reputation. True. It's true. Yeah, um, Luke hasn't. Uh, I guess he hasn't earned it with the refs yet. So, and here's the thing about Zion and like comparing him to Derrick Rose and comparing him to LeBron. Zion's a big freaking dude. LeBron was also a huge freaking dude. So whenever they would get fouled, like when you see a behemoth of a man like Zion and like LeBron, it's not as easy to determine that they got fouled. Did you say something, Coop? Oh, no, no, no. We were just talking about big people. Just kind of threw myself in he there. Said, he said Zion, LeBron, Coop. <laughs> Get with this guy, bro. <laughs> no, you got to see me at LA Fitness, man. If I call a foul, like, everybody loses their mind. Like, I can't call fouls because I'm tall. Uh, like, what, like, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm in the J.J. Berea class. I can get any foul call. <laughs> yeah, nice, I, you man. know, I don't want to brag. It must be nice. I, no, you know what? I'll trade for you in heights. I don't want to brag, but, you know, I, I'm kind of like in a Russell Westbrook type of class, you know, kind of like with the Chuck Steph Curry. Hayes. Chuck, Chuck whoa, Hayes wait, right what? There. What? Chuck Hayes. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I've seen your game tape. You're, you're Quincy in that. AC. There was only one Mike. game. <laughs> your, your game tape your game tape plays as a guy who plays football that doesn't know how to play defense. Della Vadova, but with like, uh, with like Chuck Hayes skill set. <laughs> Um, your game tape. Okay. Your game tape plays as fouls. So you're big uh, body though. We need that when we go hooping. We sh- we should all like we should go so, like I don't know. Hopefully the podcast gets big enough. We go take over a court. Yeah, we, we, go, just, we run we run threes. Or yeah. I mean, yeah, if we ran threes, I mean we'd be solid. I would just I just gotta get my shot back. We'd be crushed. That's it. what we need. That's what we need. Mike needs to be our board getter. Hundred percent. Got to be. Oh uh, no! If he's our Tony Allen. Tony Allen. Well, what about Jay Sean Tate? <laughs> How do we get here? Why are we? Do- why are we making comparisons of my actual because basketball? We're, man- we're manifesting what we want. We want to be winning three v three basketball tournaments. Seriously. Okay. 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 Hold on. Back. What to if Luka. one day the podcast held like a three v three tournament? And, like we what? imagine we weren't ready. Oh, that'd be tough. Oh. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Could we talk about anything else besides my I- IRL basketball skill right, set? So, how, so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break up? Bro! <laughs> <laughs> was, was it because you were bad at basketball? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yes, it was! <laughs> Damn, you guys came in here. You're like, uh, you guys came in here with the haymakers today. So you remember last week how we were talking about potential chemistry problems with uh, with Luca and Chris Stapps? Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Stapps came and commented on it today so if you remember mark cuban like two weeks ago said that on the court Kristaps and um luca are fine but off the court they don't really hang out with each other and uh, he also mentioned that they have dust-ups here and there 
and he compared it to Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki not being best friends at the beginning, but they grew to like each other and grew to be great friends. And that's just part of the process when you've got young kids who are growing up. So Chris Stapps came out today and said that I've never had any problems with my teammates off of the court. I've always gotten along very well with them. I don't know what Mark Cuban was talking about. I try to be as professional as possible, do what I have to do, and be a soldier for that, for the team. Chris Stapps is mad. I mean, that's 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 pretty obvious. Chris Stapps did not like that comment from Cuban. And uh, I think we got a good old-fashioned mess on our hands. Yeah, maybe. You know what? Honestly, that's Porzingis being like, yo, Cubes, shut up, dude. What are you saying? Like, why are you airing our dirty laundry, if anything, you know? Which is actually a pretty interesting question. Why is Mark Cuban saying this? Like, I don't know. You know I, this kind of came out of nowhere. Like, he created his own news story. Like, I remember headed into this, no one, like, yeah, like, was there maybe the possibility of some bad blood there? Sure. No one had vocalized it, though. No one was, like, really saying it. And then the Mavericks owner comes out and says straight up, like, yeah, there's bad blood there. Yeah. They might hate each other. We'll see what happens. I used to like Mark Cuban a lot, but he's been souring on me like hard, bro. Why? What else? I think. Yeah, go ahead, Coop. Well, I mean, have you guys seen Shark Tank? <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> like, dude, some, you're like, dude, some of these investments he's passing up on, ludicrous. <laughs> like, literally crazy. That could be flanderization, though. Like, they are so deep in Shark Tank that, like, Kevin O'Leary is known as Mr. Wonderful. Mark I hate that this, name. Yeah. Yeah I, th- yeah, I think it took him, like, a good three seconds to come up with that name. But yeah. A good Mar- three seconds. And he's just doubled down on it. Like. <laughs> it's like, I need a nickname. Hurt the dirt. Let me call myself Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Like, Wonderful. <laughs> you gave so him three bad. seconds, though. That was bad. Uh, you know, like, um, um, what's, uh, what's her name? Not Barbara, but the other woman, Diane. Uh, um, the one that always talks about QVC. I keep forgetting her name, but Barbara she's, Diane. she's more like, she's more, she's known to be a little bit more compassionate and, um, yeah, that, it, that could just be flanderization. Um, I expect, I think Mark Cuban's doing one of two things here. Either one, he wants to like stir up some drama just so he could get the Dallas Mavericks in the media a bit more, which could always be a possibility. Because that, makes, two- that would make no sense to me. Because Look, yeah, he's literally I mean, just- he's hurting trade value here potentially. He's making his team like look like they're like you know things are not like all great. Like it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand. My only thing that he could possibly be doing is trying to get them together and try to publicly say, hey. There's a problem and put pressure on them working on a solution. I, guess. I, I like the optimism. I think Cuban, I don't want to, I don't really want to say this, but I'm just going to say it. Um, he's been complaining a lot. And I feel like over the years, it feels like he complains about more and more. Now, that's not to say he hasn't done some great things because uh, we've seen what he's done with Delonte West. I thought that was a really dope situation. I thought it was really cool to see um, Delonte West getting back on his feet. But uh, when it comes to Cuban, I don't know. I get this feeling of somebody that's like kind of full of themselves. And I think that may be where kind of like that Chris Stapps comment stemmed from to where like, oh, well, I'm Mark Cuban. I can do no wrong. I'm going to say this about this and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Very possible. I mean, he's a freaking what billionaire. Like I, he definitely, um, he definitely gives off the vibe that he's full of himself. 
I mean, pretty justified, I guess, based on the successes in his life. But I mean, right. this is also this is also a man that uh, possibly might be running for president one day. Uh, I they, didn't see that. They put him. They this. It's been a rumor for a while, and they put him under a lie detector test with uh, one of the Shark Tank guys. They asked him, "Are you running for president?" And he said, "Yes." He won't get my vote. I think he's like just a very outspoken guy, naturally, who's always been like mired in controversy. Like even the way he made his billion dollars was very. If you like watch, it's a little scummy, um, kind of inspirational, but a little scummy. Man, uh, but I hate to. I hate to cut you off, but he also, I don't even know if I want to bring, I probably shouldn't bring this up. Yeah, we should probably just keep talking. Just bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Um, There was a quote, I think, on the Trayvon Martin situation where Mark Cuban just had like just this wild quote. And he was like, I've been trying to get a little bit better, which kudos to him, you know, trying to improve. But he was like, uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, somebody that has like kind of given in the stereotypes he's like if i see somebody walking down if i see a black guy walking down the street in a hoodie i'm gonna walk the other way the same as if i see a white guy that's like bald with a bunch of tattoos i'm going to walk the other way and um, i'm kind of paraphrasing but like this is something like he actually said the exact quote is i mean we're all prejudiced in one way or another if i see a black kid in a hoodie and it's late at night i'm walking to the other side of the street and if on that side of the street there's a guy that has tattoos all over his face, white guy, bald head, tattoos everywhere, I'm walking back to the other side of the street. And the list goes on of stereotypes that we all live up to and are fearful of. So in my business, I try not to be hypo uh, hypocritical. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I live in a glass house and it's not appropriate for me to throw stones. I don't know. I think that was a really poor quote, especially given the time. That's kind of like on the defense of everything that went down you know like why would you say that at that point in time also what coop what coop was just saying there was just like the fact that he was somewhat justifying the whole trayvon Martin, yeah like what happened because he was like because yeah he was like, like like oh yeah like oh black kid in a hoodie like oh that would cause me alarm enough to cross the street aka like oh black kid in a hoodie like oh yeah like that would give him a sense of danger so that's why, what Koop was saying, where it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's like justifying it in a way. Yeah. In a, in um, a so yeah, that's definitely a strange time to speak and say those words. Definitely. Well, it was yeah, it was 2014. Um, I, I guess at the end of the day, like he is very open with the media, and like that, there's some things that he shouldn't say. Should we transition to our final thing of words that shouldn't be said? The king of those, which would be Mr. Jake Paul. Dude, this is like probably I make a lot of content and this is probably the most legendary video I made in the past. For week. one, how many views is that video at a milli? Uh, like on my on my third channel, Flight uh, My yeah. TV, it's at 550,000. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, and dude. It's it's like nuts because it's literally just Jake Paul like saying na 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 I got your hat. It's like hilarious, but the entire story is like this. Um, <laughs> it's it's so bizarre. <laughs> um, so Jake Paul, um, no Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather meet up with each other so they could hype up their upcoming boxing event. So while this is happening. 
Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather like meet like cross paths and they have a face to face and they start like talking mess to each other. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, during their during the Jake now during the Logan and Floyd Mayweather thing, Logan uh, Floyd said straight up that he could take both of them in the same night. He said he could beat them both up in the same night. Like he would box them both. Uh, wow. I, I believe it. No, no, that was what, that was what caused all of this. Literally Jake approaches Floyd and goes, so you think that you could beat me and my brother in the same night? Those are the first words that he says. Um, oh, all right. I didn't, I didn't even know that to be honest. Yeah, that was, I watched, I actually randomly watched, um, I randomly watched Floyd and Logan's like back to back where there were some comments like, you know, going back and forth. And Floyd was not holding back with his words. Floyd was like, made like a Japan comment at Logan. And then Logan made it like a comment that was like, I don't know, what's Floyd, like 15-0 or whatever. He was like, yeah, Floyd's really 51-0. Like, you know, no one counts the the beating that his wife took. Like, that, those were the comments that were being made. And so, yeah. And so then Floyd started getting like, it was like they were not holding back with the words they were saying. But what was weird was there was no moderator up there. They were just standing and walking around each other. And then Floyd was like, yeah, you're just a fake fighter. You're just a fake fighter or a YouTube fighter. He's like, we, he's like, we've got two fake fighters in the same family. He's like, I could take you both on the same night. He's like, I'm telling you right now, I could take you both in the same night. And then suddenly they're both like, you know, actually mad. They're like. That, that got to Logan and to Jake. They both were like, all right, well, guess what? Like, if you could take us both on the same night, then let's do it. And so then fast forward to Jake, uh, con- like, you know, going right to Floyd Mayweather's face afterwards. And Jake walks up and he goes, hey, so yeah, you said you could fight us both. He goes, all right, then where's the contract? Where's the contract? Let's fight. I'm down. And so then, yeah, then continue on, Mike, because that, that's what set the stage on. So eventually Jake Paul meets with Floyd Mayweather backstage or something and they start talking they they say what you were saying how like i guess jake paul was saying you think you could take me and my brother on um and it gets to the yeah it gets the, it gets to a point where like floyd mayweather is getting juiced up and eventually like jake paul like grabs his hat he's like got your hat and then like tries to run away <laughs> in like and, the like, most childish way you could ever say he's like haha got your hat <laughs> literally that's what it was and it, it was so funny because like the next scene is Floyd Mayweather, like, is running around, like, screaming, like, you can't, don't you dare disrespect me, and, like, yeah. starts chasing Jake Paul. He, like, rips his shirt, punch, gets some punches in, and here's the best part, at least in my opinion. I think this is my favorite part of the whole thing. Literally, like, 30 minutes later, Jake Paul drops Gotcha Hat merch on his Twitter. So Yeah, which also, it makes it kind of, like, like, how planned was this? I mean, dude, I th- you could look at it as lame. I think he's a in terms of entrepreneurship. No, I didn't say lame. I didn't say lame. I said how planned. He, how he planned? had a got your hat merch like ready to go so fast. So yeah, um, <laughs> like like a little too fast. I would say like I know like you could get like words onto a hat somewhat fast, but like for him to just get that up there that quickly for one. This guy is like such an aggressive bag getter. Like I can't believe he gets the bag to like this extent. 
he's fight he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Like he didn't need to give us any more reason to watch the fight, and yet here he is. No, it's his brother though. His brother's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Logan's yeah, yeah, yeah. Floyd Mayweather. But, but I'm saying like we still didn't need any more reason to watch yeah. this fight. Like Jake's out. Jake's out here. Yeah, Jake's promoting for Logan. Honestly, it's like first. Wait, of but all, you know Jake's- why Floyd was so mad? Like. Floyd had recently gotten the hair surgery done or whatever. And so his hair wasn't fully, didn't look fully Oh, that's right. not his natural hair. That's no. Crazy. Yeah. And so hey, he's wearing a hat. Me. And they I was took, like, and they I took his, was... yeah, they he took his hair. Like he didn't want to show his hair. That's why oh, he's probably that's dirty. So, so much more Yo. angry than he, than he would have been. Like, yeah, he probably would have still been mad. But like, imagine like, you know, that's he's like, I don't dirty. want the public to see my hair. Right now, I'm wearing a hat, and then boom, hat gets taken off. That's why Jake was aiming for the hat from the beginning. Jake said in an Instagram story beforehand, he's like, I'm going to take Floyd Mayweather's hat because he did a TikTok where he was like, uh, where he's like, yeah, I'm going to uh, take Floyd's hat. Let's see what happens. And then he takes it, and of course, like he ends up, you know, like beat up or whatever. But uh, he goes, well, got the hat. But yeah, that was why Jake was aiming for the hat. Like, he was aiming for it because he knew that Floyd didn't want the world to see his haircut, like, where how his hair looked. He got some like, kind of surgery or some kind of thing. And so Floyd was obviously, you know, um, insecure about that, I would say, like, as anyone would be. Like, you know, you just got, like, some kind of surgery, hair surgery. You're wearing a hat. You don't want the world to see it. And Jake Paul walks up to you and goes, ha ha, got your hat. <laughs> and, like, runs dude, away. he ran away with the gotcha He literally thing. ran. Like they're like it's so funny if you go on his Twitter like the first thing you see is limited time uh, limited team okay. Paul dropout now gotcha hats yeah his- the bag getting from Jake Paul is absurd like this crazy man, like he, he he makes ten million dollars like fighting and then just like weeks later he just immediately is promoting this like hat this gotcha 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 hat whatever thing that's gonna make him what like. A few thousand? Who even knows? But he just quick never question. is missing Quick a question, chance. quick question. How much would we have to pay you to snatch Floyd Mayweather's hat? How much money would you have to get? <laughs> I would I do it know. for free. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe yeah. you. I would, like, if people, if I had, like, if Flight Mike had, like, the name that, like, Jake Paul did... Like, or if people knew who I was to the point where, like, if I did it, they'd be like, Oh, of course, of course, of course. You no, know, but he's asking just you. He right trended, now. He yeah, trended yeah, yeah. on Twitter. He ran a merch campaign. Like, I want to know there's no freaking way that Jake Paul is coming up with all these ideas on his own. Like, he's been in the public eye so much over the past two and a half weeks, like, with the fight against Ben Askren and then. He had this like beef, like he showed up to the UFC event after that. He gets into Daniel Cormier's face and like he made him look silly because Daniel Cormier said prior that if he ever got into Jake, if he ever saw Jake Paul, he was going to punch him. There's literally a video of them like talking to each other face to face and Daniel Cormier is getting heated. Then Dana White, the um, the like founder of the UFC or the the current owner, controlling owner of the UFC, like this is Jake Paul's fighting. And Jake Paul gets into a little rivalry with Dana White because he says Dana White underpays his fighters. And he even just tweeted out three hours ago, Dana White pays his ring girls more than his fighters. And like, 
It's just like this revolving door of consistently grabbing headlines, staying in the public eye, and consistent bad getting to the point where he does, he moved to Puerto Rico, by the way, recently. He's not even giving the government his money. Like, he's making sure that he keeps it all to himself. There's no way he's Wait, making all these decisions. You don't have to pay taxes in Puerto Rico? What's going it's on like here? Four, it's like 4% federal income tax. No state income what? tax. Yeah, he's saving like five. He's he's saving like five hundred thousand dollars per one million dollars he earns. What? That's like that's factual. Wait, yeah. so we should all move to Puerto Rico, dude? I tweeted it out yesterday. Bro, YouTube Puerto House Rico in Puerto Rico, beautiful. it's beautiful. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. The, like it's like especially like being me. I live in California. I don't want to get into a conversation Ooh. about taxes, but there's no way that like this guy is making all these decisions someone has to be in his ear telling him what to do because it's like marketing brilliance at this point well we'll see what happens i can't wait to actually see their fights and immediately react to them because are you gonna are you gonna buy their fights yeah i'm gonna buy their fights no, you're I'm not gonna pirate I'll, buy the fights. I'll buy them i'll i'll buy them i'm not trying to i'm not trying to get someone Coming at me. Yeah, that was 4K right there. I'll buy. <laughs> I, was, I, was, yeah, I was like trying to set him up for failure. You <laughs> see that? 4K. <laughs> uh, for those them. of you guys that don't know, H3H3 is being sued by Triller Productions, the like bo the boxing promoter, for admitting on his podcast that he pirated the Ben Askren fight. So yeah, so which is why I'm you know what? I'm gonna buy and I'm gonna take a nice screenshot at this point because now I'm afraid of getting caught in 4K. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else to say? Nope. Um, I, hopefully, I'll be at full health next time. This was my Michael Jordan flu game pod. Uh, Same. You, you, you feel you feel like you dropped four. How much did Jordan score during the flu? Game? All right. You know what? It wasn't my Michael Jordan flu game pod. It was my Michael Jordan. Uh, he was hungry for that game. By the way, decent, I didn't drop. I didn't drop forty. Um, I don't like the attack though. You didn't. Right. You didn't score thirty-eight. Today. I didn't score 38. I didn't. You didn't score 38. You, you were kind of giving me Camp Bay's more vibes, but... Oh, my God. All right. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>